I don't like need alcohol to enjoy myself or have fun. I would rather wake yeah. up the next day and like know exactly what had happened and you know not have any fuzziness. Hi friends. Today we have Rachel Mansfield on the podcast. Rachel is a recipe developer and content creator focused on food that can nourish you and your family. She is the OG. She has a recipe blog, more than half a million followers on Instagram, a cookbook, a podcast, and a venture fund. Oh, and she just had her third child this past month. So what did we discuss? Well, why Rachel doesn't believe in the word balance, the inspiration behind recipe development year after year, Rachel's focus on creating versus consuming, how Rachel's relationship with alcohol changed after having kids, Rachel's love for hosting and going for drinks, even as a quote, non-drinker. And lastly, her passion project, Great Shit, a venture fund focused on providing capital to startups in the food, family, and wellness space. Excited to hear what you guys think about this conversation, but let's dive in. So your brand and business for you know people who don't know you you kind of talked about having a food blog but it's not only that you you know you're doing Instagram you're doing the podcast now I think you know investing in consumer brands has become a much bigger part of that but then all the behind the scenes of like admin and shooting and recipe developing you have two kids you have one on the way how do you balance all of this working from home and like how do you structure your days I, first of all, don't believe in the word balance. I don't think it exists. There are days that I pay way too much attention to work and not enough to my children, myself, my husband, et cetera. Then there are days where I pay way too much attention to my children and my family and myself and not enough to work. So I think recognizing that has been really helpful for me because then I'm not disappointed in myself if one day I feel like I suck at one thing and then the next day it's you know different. My days are, you know, it's funny. I feel like we're finally in a rhythm of having some type of structure. And then I'm about to completely disrupt that by adding a third child into the mix in less than a week. Do you take a maternity leave? I never have. I haven't. Jordan, this will be the first time. So my husband works with me and this will be the first time I have a baby that he is working within my business. So I think that'll be helpful. So I could kind of take a step back and do a lot less of like the coordination and management of things that he can be a little bit more hands-on with that part of the business. But I do take like two to three months of not doing like recipe content because that is the most like physical and like labor intense part of what I do. And then all of the background, like administrative stuff, I always do at night. So by not doing recipes, it definitely give me more time throughout the day, but I still do a lot of like collaborations when during like that transition to like newborn and Instagram stories, et cetera. I just, if I don't work, I don't pay our mortgage. So it's kind of, yeah. to me, it's scary. It's like I have a kid in private school. I have a nanny. I have a mortgage. My husband works with me. I don't have the, the luxury to, to take a mat leave. No, totally. And I think that's like the one thing I work a, a corporate job and we have really good maternity and paternity that's leave. Amazing. And I think that's I think that's one of the, I mean, I'm not having a kid anytime soon, but I think it's one of those things that, is maybe like taken for granted a little bit. Like when you are working for your own self, there's so many like exciting things around creating your own schedule. You're creating your own money. You have that sort of flexibility, but at the same time, 
no one's paying you for that time off. You have to like work ahead and be planning all of this, but you can't be as necessarily as reactive or you may not have all that time off because you want to get back to working. It definitely is. And we definitely have started to like have more structure in like the work week where we'll do recipe content traditionally like Monday through Wednesday because we're in the kitchen from like 10 to 3, 34 o'clock and we'll typically bang out anywhere from like three to four recipes during each day. But each week is different. You know, just depending yeah. on like life and scheduling, et cetera. And then Thursdays and Fridays are more focused on our fund podcast and everything else. And I do all like administrative work after from like four to six. And then I'm with my kids from six to seven thirty. And then seven thirty to ten, I do laptop stuff, which is not the best way to decompress before going to bed, but it works for me. Okay. On the re- recipe development, like you are banging out so many recipes. And I saw you tease so many the other day. And I feel like for, recipe developers this time of year is like crunch time because you have Thanksgiving and Christmas and everyone's looking for inspo. And all of a sudden I feel behind because I was doing like Halloween stuff last week. And I'm like, okay, this is not, I should be on Christmas by now kind of thing. Where do you get the inspiration? Because year after year, you have to be coming up with, I think I get some sort of like anxiety around how am I going to continue to come up with things that are like really exciting for people that feel differentiated. And I know, you know, there can be so many variations on a recipe, but where do you really find inspiration for your recipe development? Now it really comes from like, how can I feed myself and feed my family all at the same time? So I come from a household where we always had a home cooked meal on the table, like six out of seven days a week. But my mom always made a specific meal that like catered to me and then she'd make something for my brother and like we would never all be eating the same thing unless it was like you know pizza or stromboli or like whatever it was interesting and I like didn't want to do that for my with my kids I'm like this is too much like we all need to be eating at least the same like genre of food so I always try and keep that in mind now and that gives me a lot of inspiration it's like how can I make a meal that is going to take you know less than 15 minutes of effort to put into and it's going to feed myself and my children. And that's not just for dinner. It's like for breakfast, snacks, lunches, et cetera. So I think that because of like my actual needs in my life, it helps inspire like what I'm making for work. And then also just going with like the seasons and like seasonality yeah. of like recipes. And there's always things that are like trending and that are a lot more popular at one point or another. And that's where it gets to be hard to like plan content in advance because right now I'm doing Valentine's Day. Like I don't, I don't know what's going to be hot. And oh my gosh! In Valentine's Day, but like if I wasn't having a baby, I wouldn't be doing that. Like I'd be yeah, doing no. like stuff a couple weeks out, and like traveling, cravings. There's always so many different ways to get inspiration. Yeah. Do you react to? Because I think that's that's one of the hard pieces too. It's like okay, I can shoot all of these certain things, but if something's trending, if a certain sound's trending, like, are you really reactive to those types of things on TikTok? Or do you kind of like go more to the beat of your own drum? And if there's something maybe inspirational, you'll take it out of that, but it's more one-off. Yeah, I would say it's more one-off. I'm definitely not the first person who's going to know about a trend. I'm probably one of the last people who know about it. Like I live under a rock. I don't consume TikTok ever. I post on TikTok and then I get off of it. I'm not like the biggest consumer of content. And I do think a lot of trends come from there. But for example, like we recently shared like crispy Parmesan potatoes and that was like a TikTok trend and I just kept seeing it everywhere and I was like, oh my God, this actually like looks delicious. Yeah, they looked amazing. They were so good. Like I highly recommend trying them. And so it just sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Depends on the trend. And if I want to eat it, if I if like, I think there was something once where it was like a Coca-Cola, like you put vinegar in something. Yes. Like that sounded repulsive. I was not trying that. Like that's not great for people who did, but like if I don't want to eat it or drink it, I'm not going to do it. So you mentioned 
two more things I want to hit before we get into like health and wellness and, and alcohol. But you said working with your husband, I'm pretty sure this is like a recent development because he had more of a corporate job. How has that been? Because I mean, you guys seem like two peas in a pod always on the same page, but I'm sure you are dividing responsibilities. But like, how has that been? And going from, I know you said you don't believe in balance, but like, do you have church and state around here's when we talk about work, here's when you talk about personal, or is it like, this is so much a part of our life that it's just intertwined in everything? It's hard. It's really hard. We don't have any type of separation, especially because we work, like I'm doing work until we're going to sleep. So it's not like I like shut off during one, like during that window of like intimacy, I guess you could say was for most couples. But so he left his job last August. So he's been with me now for a year and a few months, which is kind of crazy. It's gone really fast. And he worked in private equity at a hedge fund. He has like a CPA background. He was so miserable at his job. And I got so sick of being surrounded by his misery. And one day I came home from my morning walk, walked in the door and I'm like, let's just have you come work with me because you are so miserable. I can't listen to this. Like there's a lot of opportunity within my business. I need help. Like how can you kind of come into my own cocoon that I've created here and like see what you can do. And we are like a yin yang. Like he's everything that I'm not and vice versa. He's very reserved super conservative in a lot of ways. I'm like reach for the stars. Like we'll figure it out on the way there. And he's like needs a business strategy for everything that's that's done. That's- it's really hard because I'm like, why didn't you just pull the trigger? Like just do it. And he's like, oh, well, we didn't figure this out yet. And I'm like, S- I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Like I'm not waiting for this. Like we need to like keep the keep the ball going. So yeah, he's been with me for a little little over a year. Wild. That's awesome. Is it just you two? Because I know, sorry, I know that you historically have been like, I don't want help. I want to do it all by myself. You don't necessarily want to like offload or have to like pay someone else to be helping you. Have you changed your tune on that? Or because you brought on Jordan, you're like, no, we're good now? I think bringing Jordan on has showed me that I need to bring more people on. Yeah. Especially down the road. Like there's, how we're managing the business right now, there's not like longevity to that. Like I definitely am going to need to get help in a variety of ways. I need a lot of mental help, but I definitely need help within my business. I have a manager and a coordinator that I'm represented by DBA and digital brand architects and they help manage now all of my like brand partnerships. I've been with them for three years. So that elite, that was like my first stepping stone into having help. And then I loved managing everything myself. Like I thrived off negotiating. I thought it was like, you know, an adrenaline rush, like no other blah, blah, blah. But then I got really sick of like chasing people for it to pay me and like being the bad guy. And, you know, as the influencer marketing industry has continued to grow, it's become more challenging to represent yourself. Like I was actually talking this morning to a good friend who is a talent manager and like no one represents themselves anymore. So I think in the next, in 2023, I definitely plan on hiring somebody else for exactly what I don't know. I always joked like I'm not going to hire someone to help me clean my dishes like for recipes, but there's a lot of other aspects of my business that I want to hire someone. But I always also always want to surround myself with people that are smarter than me. So I want, I think it's just going to take a lot, a little while for me to figure out like who that could be. Yeah. And then on, so you kind of talk about the brand partnerships, which I assume is, has been a big part of income, but you're doing so many other things in the space now, more recently with it's great shit, right? Yeah. I wasn't sure just based on the spelling, but I was assuming so. So what I can tell, this is a 
fund that you and your husband started that is investing in consumer-led brands, I think, as of right now. Is that right? Yeah. So we started investing in companies personally a little over four years ago. So when we first got pregnant with Ezra, I wanted to find a way to get involved in some of these brands that I just had such like a love affair and obsession over. And the first one was Hugh, the Hugh Kitchen, the chocolate company. Love Hugh. And I had wrote a email to the former CEO and just said like, hey, my name's Rachel. I'm your biggest fan ever. Are you fundraising? I'd love to invest in your company. And they so kindly wrote back. We're like, Rachel, we're well aware of who you are. You talk about us every day on Instagram. Like we just closed our one and only round of fundraising, but we would love to have you involved. And they called me a strategic investor. And I like went to Jordan saying, wow, that's like a huge honor for a brand to consider, you know, us writing a check as a, as a strategic investor. I wonder if there's other brands we can get involved with by doing that. So from there, we invested personally in 10 different companies like Serenity Kids, Lalo, recently Midday Squares. And over the course of those four years, a lot of people have asked, like, how can I get involved? Whether that's Instagram followers, friends, family, just random, like colleagues, like other influencers, et cetera. How can I get involved in these companies? Well, how do you know if you should invest? How do you know how much to invest? Like, it's a really confusing space. And before you invest in a company, we do a lot of diligence on these brands. Yeah, it's, it takes a few months for us to like really dive into a brand, like get to know the founder. It takes numerous phone calls. Look at their data room, their financials their history, kind of like their revenue numbers, what their product innovation is. Like there's so many things that we look at and what's been really unique about. So let me start when I, when more people were asking about this, I had said to Jordan, why don't we start our own venture capital fund? Why don't we fundraise money and see if we can like invest like our own money, but also involve other people and kind of merge the gap between brands and consumers. So that's really what Great Shit is here to do. So we've raised a small, like modest fund of $2 million. Our plan is to invest in anywhere from like eight to 10 companies over the next couple of years. So far, we've invested in three brands in the last couple of months, I think with the recession and the economy in the next few months that may, will TBD on what else is going to happen. It's been amazing. It's like such a passion project. It's amazing to be able to bring this to life. And I have such a soft spot for brands when they're starting out. And if I think of the brands like Perfect Bar, Spindrift, Simple Mills, Hue, like all these companies I have like loved since the day they launched. And I wish that I had thought to get involved with them in this capacity back then. And so to be able yeah. to do that now and help them grow and also utilize like my platforms and the insights of my con- of consumers for my Instagram and podcasts, et cetera, it's been awesome to to really help these brands grow. No, that's so cool. I mean, I love all those brands too. I feel like it's pretty inspiring to see what you're doing, like how you went from just buying them, loving them, talking about them to now actually really helping them grow and like having the power to help them grow. And so when you think about the fund that you were able to raise in terms of the people that you got or that you're helping, like, did you reach out to certain people? Are you ever thinking about opening it up to the public to be a part of it? Or how are you thinking about scaling that longer term? So legally, I can't solicit money. So I wasn't like legally allowed to go on my Instagram and be like, hey, guys, we launched great shit. Like, who wants to invest in some awesome companies with Jordan and I? Like, call me at this number. I can't legally do that. So it's a lot of like reverse psychology almost where I just keep talking about great shit. And there's like, I think over a dozen Instagram followers that have actually invested in great shit. So we 
almost like like get to know them the same way we get to know the not as intense, but like get to know these brands to make sure that like they are the right people that we want to bring involved in great shit. So technically, if you're like, you know, you have to go through with something to become an accredited investor, which is pretty accessible for, for most people to do. But anyone could technically invest in or like has the opportunity to chat with Jordan and I to invest in great shit. Okay, let's move to health and wellness. So like you're the OG, right? You're a first mover in the space. You have been for a while. Talked about sharing healthy and delicious recipes, but also I think which is like a really big piece of this is you don't put any restrictions or like labels on yourself, but creating like really healthy, delicious food, but you also indulge in other things as well. And I think like bring, I know you say not the word balanced, but like a pretty balanced lifestyle approach to at least your audience. And so as part of that, I want to dive more into alcohol and want to hear, I've listened to you talk about this, but for, for those who haven't share your relationship with alcohol and how it's evolved over time just to begin. So I stopped drinking alcohol the day, sounds like pretty obvious, but the day I got pregnant with Ezra, which we did fertility treatment for all three of our children. So we like knew the day that like we could potentially be getting pregnant. And when I got pregnant with Ezra, it was on my birthday and I went out to dinner with my family and I remember getting a martini and you know, whatever. And I was at that point, I wasn't really drinking much in general. I would have like a drink here or there, like drink at some weddings. And when I became a mom, I just never had the desire to drink again. And I don't think there's anything wrong with people drinking alcohol. I think there's a lot of, you know, most people have a wonderful relationship with alcohol. They come home from work, they have a glass of wine, they're making dinner, or they decompress with a beer on the couch. Like there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. My husband loves mezcal on the rocks. Like my dad loves having mezcal, wine, whatever. And, but I just like didn't feel fulfilled by having it. So I, I just, I breastfed for a year. I didn't really drink. I didn't care to drink. Then I got pregnant with Brody. Then I did the same thing. I breastfed. Then I got pregnant again. And I just like haven't wanted or craved alcohol during any of these windows. And I think that it's something that is becoming a lot more streamlined and like common now. Like I think the non-alk space is like where kombucha was like seven to 10 years ago. Like I think that that product and that industry is going to boom in the next decade. I'm not someone who's like, oh, you drink? Like I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Like I'll go get a drink with you. Like I just will order something lame in your opinion, like a Diet Coke or a seltzer or whatever it may be. And then before having kids and like in college and in high school, I definitely feel like I was someone who abused alcohol in a lot of ways where like I drank too much or I drank for the wrong reasons. And I just got to the point where I was like, why am I doing this? I remember the last time that I heavily drank at a wedding. It was a family friend's wedding in Boston. And I remember like downing an entire bag of like tortilla chips, like like walking back to the hotel. And the next day waking up and feeling like I was hit with a plague and feeling so insanely ill. I was supposed to take a train back to the city. My dad had to drive me from Boston. Like it was such a mess. And I just remember saying like, I'm done. Like I can't do this anymore. Like what is the point of me getting obliterated? I'm happily married. I'm happy in my job. Like I don't need to escape anything. So I just haven't, I haven't looked back. I just don't, I don't think I'm someone who never, I never say never in 20 years, if I want to have a glass of wine when I'm in Italy with my husband or whatever it may be, like I'm not going to say I'm never going to do that. But for where I am in my life right now, I don't foresee me drinking anytime soon. It sounds like you're not sober curious because you're just like, 
yeah, I really enjoy not drinking, but I'm kind of like fine if anyone does, but you're also not putting a label on yourself as sober. So if someone asks you, like, what do you say? No, I don't drink. Like, I just don't. I don't, I don't really drink alcohol. Like, oh, why? I just don't feel like it. Like, I haven't drank in yeah. a few years. I haven't drank since having Ezra. Also, I think that because I put that out there, that I don't really get questioned about it a lot. Because, like, my friends and my family, like, they follow me. Like, they know that I've spoken about it on there. Like, they've listened to the podcast episode. It's not something that's a huge surprise. I'm also someone who, like, definitely stays in their own lane like I'm not easily influenced from other people and like what they're doing so when if I'm all of a sudden like I don't want to drink alcohol like no one's really questioning that and when I answered like a Q&A once on my podcast about like living a sober lifestyle there were so many people that asked like well what do you do when people ask you why you don't drink or like how do you handle going out for drinks or how do you handle weddings or events and what would you do if you were single? If I was single, I would still go out with, for drinks with people. I think it's a great way to like not be in a committal type of date situation. Like you go to a bar, you get a drink, you can get a seltzer. There's also a lot of non-alcoholers now out there. I don't think that yep. you have to make it a big deal. And I think people that make it a big deal, it's like it's completely unnecessary. And as long as you're not making the situation like awkward, like I have been to, I think it's 12 weddings, pregnant and sober. I am a professional wedding guest while being pregnant and sober at this point. Like, <laughs> and I have a great time. Like, I'm there at every after party. I'm there till the end of it. I'm on the dance floor. Like, it's a, like, I have a great experience. And I think that, you know, it depends on the type of person. But I don't, like, need alcohol to enjoy myself or have fun. I would rather wake yeah. up the next day and, like, know exactly what had happened and, you know, not have any fuzziness. And I also just, like, I, I physically just feel better. You're so confident in your decision to not drink. And it really, that really comes across. And even, you know, I heard you say that you want to go to the after party, you want to go out for drinks, but that doesn't mean it needs to be an alcoholic drink. And I think like I'm trying to change that narrative. And when I took this break, when I, you know, kind of started this journey like a year ago, my fear was that some of my friends weren't going to ask me to go for drinks anymore because I wasn't going to drink alcohol. And it was like, well, why does it matter if I don't have alcohol in my glass and you do? I think I have the confidence to do it because it's like very similar to my journey with food, if I think about it. Because in college, by the time senior year rolled around, I was like not interested in dipping my pizza bagels in queso cheese anymore. Like I was coming home <laughs> at 2 a.m. and I wanted like bolo granola and almond milk or like peanut butter and banana toast or you know whatever it may be. And that was definitely harder for me to tackle in terms of like having the confidence to like, no, I'm not interested in splitting a plate of cheese fries with you anymore at 3 a.m. Like I would rather have something that makes my body feel good. And I think that having that experience with like the food part of my life really trained me and like put me in that perspective where like I have confidence within this because I've done it before and it's not the first time that I'm like doing something differently than other people. You've been super into kombucha, obviously, like Spindrift, I think sparkling water. It doesn't feel like you're super into the non-alcoholic spirit game necessarily. So like, tell me how you think about that or if you're just like, nope, I'm cool with an Olipop and that's it. So we're actually diligencing a handful of non-alk wine companies right now. I've been testing like behind the scenes a lot of non-alk wine non-alk beer. We have a lot of like the bougie adaptogenic like mixed drinks that I don't even know a category they fall under. Yep. And we're trying to find the right one for us because I do want to get involved in that space. I had a non-alk, my first non-alk wine on, um, it was Rosh Hashanah. 
And I thought it was like awesome to be able to have a glass of wine that like didn't have like, I don't know, that like wasn't an Olipop and it wasn't a Spindrift. It was something a little bit more elevated, I guess you could say. But then I served some non-alk wine in addition to like a full bar of, you know, drinks at a Halloween party for adults that we had a couple weeks ago. And some of my friends were like, I would never buy this. Like, this is so dumb. But then like some of my other friends were like, this is amazing. Like, I love that I could drink this instead of having a seltzer. Like, seltzer gets boring. Like, I don't yeah. want to drink an Olipop five times a day. Like, if I have it, I have an Olipop after lunch. Like, I don't need to have it again if I'm going out. If I'm, I just, I like having the option. And I think there's like a sophistication yeah. of having like non alkaline. So I'm deaf. We're getting our hands and toes wet in that space. It's something that, like, like I mentioned before, like, I think that that industry is going to take off in the next decade. But I definitely want to be a part of it. I just have to find the right brand and the product that, like, I'm craving to, to experience yeah. that with. I'd be interested to see which ones you've tried because I've found a couple that I actually really like. The problem is, is that they don't have distribution yet that you're at an Italian restaurant and your friends are getting mm-hmm. wine and you're able to also have like an NA wine. It's the experience at home. And it's like you hosting a party, you're able to like serve that and that's great. But going out the NA wine distribution still hasn't been as much of a thing. So I'm excited to see how much more these brands can grow more so like at restaurants for shops or like the at-home experience. Yeah. And I think that they're starting to learn, like still learning what kind of distribution they should be getting. And like, you know, cause it isn't alcohol. So like, does it have to get distributed by a liquor distributor? You know, there's just so many yeah. things to think of, but I'm excited about this space. And I think it's going to continue to, to really boom in the next handful of years. You mentioned your husband is into mezcal my fiance loves mezcal too i honestly really like mezcal but when you have people over like what are you serving is there a whole bar situation is he making cocktails for people is it like self-serve we have beers how do you handle the mix of drinking like alcohol and non-alcohol when you're hosting it depends on the situation but i we never really make it like segregated or make it like a thing like we have like a butler's pantry area like a wet bar and we like usually put like buckets of ice or whatever it may be we have like a beverage fridge and people just like kind of serve themselves. Like Jordan Grab. will make drinks for like anyone and everyone. Like, I remember when people were coming in, I was like, okay, go see Jordan. Like he'll handle your drink. Like I don't know. I, you don't call me for a cocktail. Like call me for a cupcake or a cookie or like a good cheese board. But like don't call me to make you a cocktail. I've never been good at it. But yeah, we, I mean, whatever people want, they can have. Like we're va- I'm like, yeah, we have some non elk wines. I was like, we have Spindrift. We have Olipop. We have, you know, Mezcal, gin, whiskey. Like we keep a fully stocked bar. We had wines because I want guests when they come over to like feel warm and feel welcomed. Yeah, and, like that. Like totally. It's a very like judgment free house. Like whatever people want to have, like Jordan can't eat gluten. So like there's like a, you know, 5% chance you'll find something with gluten in my house right now because he doesn't read labels for anything. So I try to like monitor that. But other than that, you come in, like you get whatever you want. If I know that someone's coming over and they like really like something, I have it for them because I want them when they walk in to feel special. Yeah. So we talked about everything that you have going on, which is a lot. What can you tell us just like to end it before we do some rapid fire? Like what are your current business goals? You're about to have another baby. So let's put that into consideration. But like where are you spending the most time and what are you most excited about overall? I'm always the most excited about food and recipes. Like, I feel like I'm one of the very few content creators that started off in food and has, like, stayed in food for the entire time. 
it's still my favorite part of my business. So any way that I could like grow that, I always love to do. I definitely would like to do a product of sorts in the next couple of years. I had like a, you know, a strategy call for that yesterday, which was really exciting. But figuring out what does someone want to buy from me, like I'm in the very, very early stages of that. I have ideas, but obviously it's going to take a lot of time before that comes to fruition. Would you want to partner with a brand or would you want to do something that's like complete? Because I feel like partnering makes it so much easier. Like the R&D that goes into actually developing a product on your own versus like finding a brand that you are really aligned with and being able to come up with a product together. Because didn't you do, I can't remember, like maybe a, a year or two ago mm-hmm. you did one? I year ago okay. I did a, a limited flavor drop with Sweet Nothings and okay, yeah, one of their nut butter bites. And I think I know too much about the CPG space. I'm not starting my own food product. I'm not exhibiting at Expo West on my own behalf. Like I would love to partner with someone. I also don't think that the product that I want to do, I never say never. I don't know. I don't think it would be food itself. I think it would be something to do with food, but I don't know if it would be like an edible type of item. Got it. I just were too heavily involved and literally invested in these companies that are making food that I want to do something a little different. And hopefully we'll continue to grow great shit. It's been a very rapid growth since we kickstarted it in April. Like Jordan and I have like whiplash almost from getting this started in the last few months. So that's been really exciting. But I don't know. I'm not someone who like sets and this could be ridiculous, but I don't set like goals for myself. I'm not like I want to do this by next year because then I just think that you're setting yourself up for disappointment sometimes because unless you're like someone who needs motivation and you need a fire under your ass, like I think their goal setting is good for some people, but I would just get so disappointed in myself if I didn't reach that goal. And then I kind of like allow the world to kind of like, okay, what should I do? Like, what should I seize the moment in? And then I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think the goal thing to, so first off, that's super exciting. The goal thing I think is really interesting because, so I, for the past couple of years, I've done like of the year. So like 2022 did like 22 goals, but they weren't all just like these massive milestones. They could be like really small goals too. But I was talking, I went dinner with my fiance last week and we were like, your goals are actually really hard because if things change in your life and you want to calibrate or something became more of a priority versus not, you almost feel like you're failing yes, exactly. in a sense where it's like, it's like, no, I just actually wanted to change course mid, like I didn't know I was going to start a mocktail account. And so that wasn't on my goal. Right. But it's like, that's become where I'm spending a lot of my time. And so I think it's actually good to really like iterate and think more about where are the directions I want to be taking my business and like, what are the things that are going to get me there faster or sooner and iterating on that versus just like, here's an annual goal and I need to work towards this because like, things can change, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's almost easier for me to say like things I don't want to do or like things that I would rather stay away from. But I try and roll with the punches, which like I'm not a really go with the flow person in life, but with usually with like goal setting, I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, this is in the back of my mind. If it happens, it happens. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't. And also it's like, I have two little kids. Like I don't have, like I, I have, I don't have time to like prioritize myself as much as I want to these days. So it's more like, okay, did I sign Ezra and Brody up for camp on time? Like, that's like a goal, you know? Yeah, totally. Okay, let's do some rapid fire to end. So if someone had to describe your hosting style in one word, what would it be? In one word? You could do two words. Probably probably an abundance. I always have like, I have too much stuff. Like I'm- A ton of stuff. I'm like, I'm literally a Jewish mother. Like I have- Do you send people home with stuff? Every single day. Yeah. Every day. I assume so. All day, every day. What is your favorite drink 
either alcoholic or non-alcoholic, but I'm assuming non-alcoholic. Kombucha. Okay. What, what flavor brand? I'm like a GT's girl. I've been a GT's girl for, oh my God, maybe 10 years now. Like since GT's came out, I love the strawberry lemonade and I like the trilogy. And this pregnancy, I didn't drink soda for 10 years. 10 years. Did not drink Diet Coke. This pregnancy, all I want is fountain Diet Coke. And it has to be from the fountain. I refuse a can and I refuse a bottle. Fountain Diet Coke has been my other go-to. And I have zero shame in telling the world about it because it's where so where, <laughs> where do you get a fountain Diet Coke? Like McDonald's or like where are we talking? So I go to Five Guys and they know me in there. They literally yesterday when I went in, they Stop. Like, so when do you do again? <laughs> like they, they know me in there. I get a large. I don't even get a small. I get a large. Down, uh, fountain drink with caffeine-free Diet Coke and a splash of Dr. Pepper. I don't, I don't even. Like, it's I. It's ridiculous, but it's so good. And I'm curious if this is going to end when the baby's here. I, I know. I was just going to say, I'm interested to, he- I'm interested to hear if that changes. Honestly, I feel like when I was in Europe this past summer, I know everyone says this, but, like, it sounded so good when yeah. I was there. And I just leaned in because I was like, this sounds amazing. I want it. It's so – I, I yeah. I'm like – I used to be so regimented, and now I just, I just don't care. Go with the flow. Mm-hmm. People what drink is, Diet Coke all their life, and then they, they – and they're fine. So I'm like, Yeah, whatever. no, totally. What is your favorite type of get-together? That's a good question. I love going out for Like, dinner. is it family, family oh. thing, like – Game night, barbecue, um, date night. I love like an omakase. Is that if that's like I love going out for dinner for omakase, and I also love going on a vacation and sitting at the bar at the restaurant at like a nice hotel and like experiencing yes. that. Like that's my favorite type of get together. I'm going away tomorrow with six other couples, and I'm like very excited to just like go away without kids. And, like, go out for dinner. Like, I love going out for dinner. It is such a treat to, like, not cook and not clean. And, like, even just going out dinner with my kids. Like, it's I, I know it's sometimes not a good idea because it's horrible and they make a mess. But, like, to, like, not have to cook and then clean after, like, we clean up our table. But, like, the whole thing, it's amazing. What a treat. I feel like if you're in the recipe development space, you're like, I just actually love going out and having someone else wait on me clean just I will pay for the meal. Yes. But I'm totally with you on the bar thing. Like I love sitting at a bar, talking to the bartender, getting a drink, getting the me- like that whole thing is totally my vibe. Okay, last one. It's, it kind of goes with the last one. So I don't know what you're going to say. Do you prefer to be host to host or be hosted? Hosted with control over be- some stuff. <laughs> okay. I like, I, I like going to someone's house, but I like knowing – what's going to like be served like I don't like going to someone's yeah. house and having no idea what they're making for dinner or serving because I'm particular so I like to make sure I'm gonna like like the food but for the most part I like being hosted for sure and I like being hosted by like my parents because it's like a sense of comfort they cater to my needs. Like, yeah and like I yeah, help exactly. my mom so it's like nice Rachel tell us where we can find you how we can support you best and if there's anything we should be looking out for but you told us everything that's going on so Give us the deets. Yeah, the only other thing to look out for is a baby coming in the next. Oh my god, I know. Um, so I am on Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok. I guess technically Facebook. Everything's under Rachel Mansfield. No E in Rachel. My, we'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> my no E in Rachel. My website is rachelmansfield.com. And then my podcast and cookbook are both called Just the Good Stuff. And then our venture capital fund is called Great Shit with No Vowels. And we have a website and our Instagram as well. 
This was great. Thank you for having me. What a treat to be on the other end of the podcast microphone. Yay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. As you know, I am not a specialist and I'm not trained to give advice whatsoever. These are just my own personal thoughts and conversations. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the show if you can. It helps so, so much. And feel free to find me on social channels, host by Tori. See ya. See ya.